Good morning. This message is the last of the of our goals for 2009. Next week I will wrap everything up and then put uh, the icing on it. Without icing, cake doesn't taste so good. So we'll do that. Today we're going to talk about a subject that goes along with the rest of them, uh, but it's a, it's a little bit different. But we're going to talk from the heart. And Elder Dadio, uh, he started today uh, saying what, what some of the things we needed to do. God is calling you in 2009 and your family to a heart change, a heart change. In giving. He's calling for a heart change in 2009. It doesn't matter what you have, what you don't have. It doesn't matter how much, you know, you, you uh, make as a salary or income. It can be uh, half a million dollars a year or half a million a month. It can be one dollar a month. It really doesn't matter when it comes to this topic because we're not talking about amount. We're talking about the heart. And we're talking about the heart for all uh, the other things also, because unless the heart changes, then we're doing things for naught. Unless our heart is for God, we're doing things for not, naught. So regardless of what you give or what I give or anybody else give, if our heart is not in our giving, then we are not pleasing to God. So that's why we're talking about the heart change. So make sure you understand we're talking about a heart change and not um, the amount or anything like that. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm acknowledging that there are people here today that you probably don't need a heart change. I, I'm acknowledging that. It's in every church because God has gifted some people uh, with a giving heart. And so they automatically have it, not because of them, but because of Jesus Christ and what he's done. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're all gifted in some way or manner. Some people are gifted and they love to evangelize more than usual. All of us have to evangelize, but they like to evangelize more than usual. There are people who uh, love to teach. There are people who love to pray. There are people who love to give. There are people who love to prophesy. There are people who love to show mercy. All of those gifts are from God. So a person who's gifted in mercy, showing mercy, it, comes, it com- comes hard for most of us because we don't have that gift. All of us are called to show mercy, but some people are gifted in it. And so that's what I'm talking about. Some people in every body of Christ in Lynchburg and all throughout the world, they don't need a heart change. And that, that might be you. I'm also acknowledging that most people in almost every church, they don't have a heart for giving like Jesus has. So I'm one of those people that uh, he didn't give me with a heart for giving. He gave me in, in other areas. It didn't uh, give me a way out from giving, but it's just... It's just one of those things that came hard. And I'm fortunate that 
we have other people in the body of Christ who have the gift, the gifting. And so therefore, it encourages us who really don't have that gift of giving, and it really changes our heart. And you know what I'm talking about if you're a married couple. Uh, if you're married, uh, you are usually opposites in a lot of areas. And those opposites are good because what happens is that uh, the person who uh, is on this side on an area and, this, and, and their mate is on this side, they can come more together and be more like Christ because they have somebody uh, that's right there in their household that loves them that are rubbing on them because all iron sharpens, sharpens iron, and we become more like Christ that way. And that's the way it is in my household. And it's the same way it is for you. So we're, we're to encourage one another in our gifts also. Now, let's talk about changing then, because I believe that, that it, we're talking about not you changing only. We're talking about uh, your whole family changing. Because I really believe that that if I change and my family doesn't change, it holds up the blessings that God has for my family. I don't get the full benefits that God has for my family if I don't get the full benefits that he, that he has for my family if I'm the only one that is generous in my giving and everybody else is stingy because we affect one another. And unfortunately... Uh, in, in, in our marriage, it was me who was stingy. And so I held up our giving and our blessings a lot until uh, God helped me to see that Minerva had something that I needed to be more like him. And as I took one step at a time, as I practiced, as Elder John said, as I practiced yielding to her, uh, in areas, then I start seeing blessings that I didn't see before, and it really beca- began to cause me to then say, oh, I need to change my attitude about giving. I need to change my heart about giving. And I started reading about the giving that Christ did, and I said, my goodness gracious, this man was such a giver that even when Judas was going out to betray him, the other disciples thought he was probably going out to give something because Jesus was a giver and is a giver. And now, I don't call myself stingy now. Uh, this, the old man that used to be like that, uh, the old flesh, now I just yield and uh, we work together in trying to give as much as we can give and still live. That, that, that sounds good, doesn't it? To give as much as you can give and still live. You know, most people won't do that. You know, but that's what we do because we found out, uh, like Paul found out, we know how to, we know how to, uh, uh, be a base, we know how to abound. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, you know. Uh, so that's the way we have been operating and God has been showing us Bit by bit, little by little, here a little, there a little, things that he does that really doesn't have anything to do with receiving back finances. It really doesn't. It, it, we just receive other things in our, in our lives that we couldn't do ourselves. And uh, you, you know the, the story about 
me as far as grace is concerned because I was not very gracious at one time in my life either. Uh, I was very hard on people and uh, very judgmental and things of that nature. And if um, you weren't uh, like I thought that the Bible says you should be in areas that I was, then I was very critical. And God just graced me with the ability to be gracious. And it had nothing to do with me. I, I did not do a thing. Nothing. All God did is just change my heart. But I, had, I, I know it has something to do with other things that we were doing. And I tell you, giving plays a part in you receiving things that don't have anything to do with money. It really does. If you'll start being a generous giver. So that's why I want so much for you to change your heart because God wants to bless you. So let's go into the message today. Now we're talking about your family. We're not talking about you individually only. We're talking about you influencing your family. Let's look at one scripture because I think most people think that um, the, the scriptures on giving is for us, meaning individually. And a lot of times it's not for us, you know. I'm going to just give you two cases. You know the scripture that we talk about in Malachi all the time? That uh, don't rob God? Uh, that was not to the individual. That was to a nation. The nation of Israel. And he told them the whole nation was robbing them. And sometimes what we'll do, we'll say, okay, uh, I'll use the scripture for myself. When it's really meant for the, the whole body. And so I want to encourage you that Use it for your family, your whole family, not just you individually. Of course, there are blessings for an individual, but not like it is for a family. Of course, there's are blessings for a family, not like it is for a church, because the families make up a church. There are blessings for individual church congregations, but not like it is for the individual, the whole corporate Lynchburg, the churches at Lynchburg. If the churches at Lynchburg would get together and do more things together, then it'll be more blessings that we'll, we'll, we will have that we don't have now in every church. You see? So that's why a lot of times when you go to uh, places that, that they have meetings with, with uh, all different denominations, all different churches come together, there's a lot of synergy, there's a lot of power there because God loves when, when you break down those dividing walls and it's not a charismatic meeting, it's not a Baptist meeting, it's not a, uh, you know, just a uh, Nazarene meeting, it's a meeting of the church of the living God, you know, then things start happening, okay, and nobody's concerned about my little sheep, they're concerned about the chief shepherd over all of us, because we're all the sheep. In Philippians, that's another one, um, uh, you know, Philippians, it tells us, and we quote that a lot. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know the scripture? Well, when did he use that scripture? How can we use that scripture? Let's look at it starting in verse 10. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last 
you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to get along or live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. You yourselves also know, Philippians, that in the first preaching of the gospel, after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. But I have received everything in full and have abundance, and I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now, I have quoted that, and I'm sure you have quoted that scripture, and it's just something you just quote. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Well, we need to keep it in context. If we're going to actually confess a scripture, we need to be agreeing with what the scripture is there for. Why did he write the scripture? What was it, what was it in the mind of, of Paul? What was the heroes hearing? Well, they were hearing that they were supplying a need that, that Paul had. They were giving to his ministry, his apostolic ministry. He's out planting churches. And Paul says now that my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. In Christ Jesus. Now I want you to know that you can quote that scripture here because we do that. Everything you give to the general offering, we take part of that and we give to an apostolic ministry. We give to uh, Jared Daly. And he's the apostolic leader over, over this church. And he's planting a church. He's planted two others, three others. And every soul that's saved in that church, you can get credit for it because we give on a monthly basis to that apostolic ministry. We also give to a prophetic ministry, uh, Clem Ferris, and he's traveling all over the nations, all over the world. Different periods of time. Every weekend he's somewhere just about. Somewhere. That's not in his hometown. And we can say that. We also, we, we give, we, I should probably put it in, in your, uh, uh, probably director sometime who we give to. Uh, we give to the Voice of the Martyrs. Every month. We give to the Middle East Ministries. Every month. Which is called Light to Israel. We give to the Feed the Children. To uh, feed hungry children every month. We give to the Blue Ridge Pregnancy Center every month. 
we give to the Alenza family every month. And they are, of course, uh, in Taiwan. They are, they are planning a church now out of their church, I think. And they are, of course, youth leaders and whatnot in the church. And souls are being saved. So you can quote a lot of the scriptures that are there for you because that's what we do with the money. I would be, uh, when I was talking to uh, Elder John, and we were talking about cutting the budget for 2009, and, and I said, well, you know, uh, one thing we cannot cut, and that's our outgoing of the finances. Because on a, as a, if I sit here and tell you, you should be giving generously to the work of God all over the world, and then we as a church keep all of our money and don't give to anybody because we have a need. What does that tell you? Like hypocrites, isn't it? So we can't do that. So we have more than 10% that goes out. I checked with our bookkeeper, and they told me more than 10% went out 2008. And did we have a need? Absolutely. Do we have a need now? Absolutely. But we're not going to stop giving because we believe in generous giving. You can claim some of those scriptures. You can confess some of those scriptures because you give to the general offering here at Cornerstone. We have also a benevolent offering. And a benevolent offering, uh, we, you can give to. All you have to do is put on your check for the poor. Because I believe in giving to the poor. Because if you don't give to the poor, you, no need to quote uh, that I give to the poor, therefore God says I would not like. No, 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 no. You can't quote that one because you don't give to the poor. We give to the poor here at Cornerstone, and we give to the poor at our household too. We don't just use the church as all our giving either because we like to get stuff out there that the church doesn't support. you know, And so... You need to do that in your household if you feel that that's what God's leading you to do. Always have more going out. Than, than, you know, try to see when you, when you do your income tax, uh, if, you, if you don't uh, do one of those electronic things, if you itemize, what, what we like to do is see whether we're increasing our giving in 2008 than what we did in 2007. Because God is a God of increase. He's not a God of decrease. So I should be increasing my giving. Because he said in his word that he gives seed to the soil and he multiplies our seed that's sown. So if he multiplies our seed that's sown, then we should always have more to give than we did the previous year. And you say, oh, yeah, but my salary didn't go up and inflation went up. I mean, I mean, the cost of living just went up, you know. Well, my Bible reads, take no thought for what you're going to eat, for what you're going to drink. My Bible reads that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things will be added to you. That's what my Bible reads. How does yours read? Have you torn it out yet? You haven't torn it out, so it reads the same thing. So I'm not going to be concerned about, you know, uh, I just had to eat less. I think I can stand it. I can stand it. Eat a little less. I'm trying to encourage you today to be 
a cheerful, prompt to do it. Your heart is in your giving. Generous giver. That's what I'm trying to do today. I'm not trying to get your money today. The offering is already gone. So you can't give anymore. We're not going to receive another offering. So therefore, I'm just trying to encourage you. Let's look at 2 Corinthians. Because I want to give you uh, how we can change our heart. Yes, we need our heart changed. But how are we going to do that? How are we going to do it? Well, we expect the Holy Spirit to move us from where we are more to where we need to be. We expect that. And as my heart changed, then I can more influence those who are around me, whether, my, whether it be places I go, people I talk to, especially my family. I want to change their, their heart. And my family, when we're around other people, we want to change their hearts too. So because that's what God has given us to do, to influence others. Light uh, produces more light. It expels darkness. So wherever you go, you're supposed to be expelling darkness. How do we change our heart and influence others in our household and other places? Because I know that you have, you, you, you probably like I, I was, you have somebody in your household that's stingy. That's not a giver. And it was me in our household. How do you do that? You know, how, how do you change their heart? Don't try to, I can tell you what not to do, don't try to beat them over the head with it. Don't try to put them down. Don't try to beat them with your tongue, in other words. You know, because that's not going to work. You, you, you always lead by example. You always pray for the person. Uh, pray to God that God will help you uh, be more long-suffering and help you be an example and help you as you give for, for the, the manifestation of to come that the other person can, can see it without a doubt. The first thing is that we must have more understanding of why God wants us to be a generous giver in stewardship. We're talking about stewardship. Because generous giving is stewardship. It's good stewardship. You can't have good stewardship if you're not a giver. If you're stingy, that's not God. So that's the first thing we need to do. We have, have to have more understanding. Let's look at another one. That's, that's one. More understanding. The second is that we need to really know uh, what God says he's going to do in the scripture because it encourages me when there are rewards. It, it encourages me when uh, ever, uh, like when we play sports, if you run and get from one place across a goal line, they give you some points. If they gave no points, why run? You know? Because, I mean, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty hard when you get hit, when a running back gets hit. You know, they will, you know, you get hurt. And so, why, why go through the motion if, they, if nobody keeps score? How many would love to play games and keep no score? It's not anybody on play. Because everybody's competitive in that way. If you're gonna lose, if you're gonna, if you're gonna exercise, let's lose weight. Nobody wants to exercise and gain weight. Everybody wants to lose weight. So it's the reward. In 2 Corinthians 9, uh, let's look at uh, verse 6. We can, 2 Corinthians 9, let's look at some of the rewards that God says that He, he has for us here. 
If we start in verse 6, it says, Now I say to you, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is, make, is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have abundance in for every good deed. So one of the things is that the rewards is God has already promised us if we sow generously, we will reap generously. If we sow abundantly, in other words, we will reap abundantly. He's already, he's already told us that. He's already told us that he wants a cheerful giver whose heart is in his giving. He doesn't want, uh, you know, uh, complaining when it's offering time. He wants a cheerful giver. He tells us also, a third thing is that uh, he wants to cause grace to abound to us. All grace, he says. And I need more grace. I need more grace. You can't do without grace. I'm going to tell you. You're only here today by grace. You can only get saved by grace. You can only improve by grace. You can only walk by grace. It's, everything is by grace. It's nothing of ourselves, not one single thing. And if you don't believe it, let God take what he's given you away and see what you can do with what's left. And we don't have anything left. All he has to do is take the breath of life from us, and we don't have nothing left. Let's read a little further. As it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever, quoting from the Old Testament. Now, he tells me that he wants me to give to the poor. He says, now he who supplies, in verse 10, seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So he tells me that God wants to multiply our seed for sowing. He wants to increase the harvest of our righteousness. He also says that in verse 11, you will be enriched in everything for all liberality. So God wants us to be liberal in our giving. He doesn't want us to be conservative in our giving. He wants us to be liberal. So if you want to be conservative, political, that's your business. But he wants us to be liberal in giving. Give with liberality. Just give. That's what he wants. Then he says, in verse 12, for the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgiving to God. God wants thanksgiving. Because as you give God thanks, then he gives more. Because we're appreciative. Because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and that for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all, while they also, by prayer on your behalf, yearn for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. So he also wants prayer to be going up for us. As we bless others, then they start praying for us. And so God wants prayer because you can't do it without prayer either. And prayer, that's why he, he wants the saints praying for the other saints and for everybody, for all men. 
So one thing is that God wants to reward us. He wants us to have more understanding. If we're going to get a changed heart, we've got to have more understanding of giving. Nobody's trying to pry your money from you. God's only trying to get blessings to you. And another thing, if we're going to have a change of heart, we're going to have to start praying because that's what God says. Of Psalm 139, who, who has that as, as one of their scripture memorization verses? Psalm 139, anybody? No, <laughs> 23, 30, 23, 24. Anybody else? Search me, O God. You have a problem. You just don't, might not know the scripture. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be in a way of error or in a wicked way in me and lead me in a way everlasting. That's what he says. So what God wants you to do is a crowd to him. God, help me. God, I want a heart like you. I want a heart, a given heart. God, I don't want to be like I am. I don't want to stay like I am. I want to be changed. I want to move from glory to glory, God. Help me, Lord. Search me, Lord. See what, what is it about me? Is it about my growing up? Is it because of the things I saw at home or my environment? God, help me. As you crowd to God, you are asking what God wants you to ask. God wants to answer a prayer like that. He really does. We also need more opportunities to be generous. You can't be generous if you don't have opportunities to be generous. Some people have this thing is that they have a need, but they don't ask, they, they, they don't, they don't tell them about, about this need because they don't want to receive a blessing. They want to give a blessing. I've heard people say that. Well, it's hard for me to receive, you know. No, it's not. It's not hard for you to receive because you, you, you we receive from God all the time, you see. But we, sometimes we're prideful. We don't want anybody to know we have need. And I was that way too, you know, uh, because I've been in such poor shape, uh, financially that, uh, I had to go to the food pantry. And I told you that in the past. And that hurt me so bad. It was terrible, uh, to have to ask the pastor to, uh, for food to make it, you know. And, but I did. And so, I bought it with him, and I gave him something, gave the church something to sell uh, that was valuable, that was more than what I was receiving. Uh, but it, it, it took me a long time to ask, you know, a long time to ask because of my pride, because I didn't want to ask. You know? When people uh, want to bless you, allow them to bless you. Allow them to bless you because not only will you get a blessing, they'll get a blessing. If you refuse the blessing, they don't get the blessing. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So you have to receive a blessing. So we need opportunities. In, 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 in the church here, we, we, I really didn't want to do it, but uh, I was encouraged to do it. Uh, to give you opportunities to give because what I did is that we decided, so we're going to, we're going to do, uh, pledges. Well, pledges is something that is hard to ask somebody to do when you know they don't have much money. You know, it's hard, hard to do that. But what it does is it gives people an opportunity to give plus it gives all of us an opportunity to be blessed by God because it takes faithfulness, 
It takes endurance. It takes uh, delayed gratification. It takes, you know, really crying out to God. It takes a lot of things to pledge and keep it. Do you hear what I'm saying? It really does. Because as soon as you do it, something going to come up that's going to need your money that you pledge, you know. I don't care how much you pledge, you know. It doesn't matter. It seems like the tires know that, you, <laughs> that, you know, you pledge something, so, you know, it's time to, it's time to get some more tires, you know. It, it's, it's, the things happen like that, you know. I needed two new tires. I needed a, a, another washing machine. My washing machine kept breaking. I keep calling the man to come fix it. And every time he comes, he can charge me $65 just for coming out. Uh, and it won't nothing a little long. He fixed the thing in 15 minutes. And I said, I'm going to tie this thing, man. I'm going to get me another uh, thing. And boy, if I didn't have this pledge obligation, you know, I could pay this thing, you know. But how many of you know that it's good for my soul to keep my pledge? Because it shows, God keeps his word, doesn't he? You know, he doesn't say, well, you know, things are tough in heaven now, you know. <laughs> he doesn't say that, you know. Yeah. He just keeps his word. And we are spiritual beings. We are not just mere human beings. We are spiritual beings. And so therefore, he expects us to keep it. And whatever I ask you to do, I'm supposed to be leading in it. You know? If I ask you to be a generous giver, then I expect, uh, you can expect us to be a generous giver because I'm supposed to lead by example, not by Pushing and shoving and pulling and, and, you know, beating the sheep. I'm not supposed to do that. You, see? you know, I was talking to one lady. And, um, and, and, and this lady has become a generous giver. God has changed her heart. In the years that I've been associated with her, in the 11 years I've been associated with her, uh, I've been associated with more than 11, but as her Pastor, I've been social with 11 years, and, and she has become a generous giver. And she was not that at first. But I shared with her, oh, you know, uh, God, I mean, what I'm sharing with you. And she took opportunities and started doing it and started doing it and started doing it. And I see results in her, her life, her family's life, that you wouldn't see if not, if not for the change of heart. God wants to do something in your family. He wants to do something in your, in your life, in your job. And sometimes we hold back because of, of that which we think we have need of. And I know that you know that, um, that God expects us to give in such a way because it releases him to give to us. Who was like that that gave their son a promise? When that was the only son of promise, and God told him to sacrifice him. And after, he's, after he went up to sacrifice him, and the Lord stopped him, what did the Lord say? You know, now that you've done this, I know, you know. And say, you know, he knows what his heart is like now. I can now release my only son. You know, I can now release what I have for you. Oh, my goodness. We don't know. We don't realize. We just don't realize 
what God has for us. And see, God would take us to the brink of ourselves and make us depend upon him. And as he does that, and if you stay true and faithful to him and release what's in your hand, he releases what's in his. Now, obviously, you know, we're going to be blessed regardless because God is a blesser. But there are blessings that I will never receive, you will never receive, if you don't become a generous giver. You'll never receive it. And I'm telling you the truth. We need to act when there is an opportunity because your positive action will be used by God to then release things to you by the Holy Spirit that he has for you. Another thing we need to do to have a change of heart is make a positive confession. In other words, speak what God speaks. You know, uh, I think Elder John said it uh, about two weeks ago, maybe, or last week. He said that, uh, you know, what tends to happen is that as Christians, we'll, we'll get in this, this uh, conversation with somebody, and, and the conversation is so negative, you know, how bad things are in the world, you know. Where are things going, you know? Man, when it rains, it pours. All these things are not scripture, you know? We say these things, and God doesn't expect us to say those things. Don't uh, cause uh, things to be held up because of our words. God expects our words to be just like his words. He expects our words to not return void. So that's what you want. You want to be a type of person that when you speak, God moves. Because when God speaks, heaven and earth moves, it's going to come to pass. His word is not going to return void. Ours shouldn't return void either, because Jesus' words didn't return void. Whatever Jesus said happened. And we're supposed to be just like him, aren't we? All things are ours, so then why can't what we say come to pass? And it will, as long as we're saying what he says. You see? We've got to say what he says. Now, how are we going to measure this goal for 2009? Because it's, it's generosity. How can you measure generosity? You know? Well, you know, you, you can't measure generosity just by, by that way. But this is a challenge I want to give you for 2009 for our finances. I want everyone, everyone, to learn to tithe off of all their income. Now, a tithe is uh, moving the decimal place, one place to the left of whatever you got. That's a 10. Is that correct? If it's $10, you have $10. You find $10. Then you know you tithe on it because you move the decimal place one place to the left, and how much is that? One dollar. One dollar. You need to teach your children to tithe. Because if you don't teach them, they don't grow up to tithe. You see? I went to a church down in North Carolina with one of my relatives, and it seems like they figure that a dollar bill has a lot of value because that's what they were giving. Everybody give a dollar, you know? Everybody throw some money in, in, in the plate. And I was talking to, well, the person was my dad. I was talking to him when he was living. I was talking to him. I said, I said, 
Uh, he said, well, hold on to your money, son. He said, <laughs> I said, what's wrong, Dad? He said, they're going to ask about three or four offerings. And so don't give everything the first thing. Divide it up, you know, because they're not going to give it. And sure enough, they, they would come with a auxiliary club. They would come with a youth did it, and everybody, they had an usher stand up with, with plates. And they said, okay, Pastor said, okay, now, uh, everybody stand up, come on out, and, and, and put in a dollar bill, you know. And uh, when we left, uh, Dad said, I told you. He said, Man, that's how they do it, you know. So I don't know put put all my money in one pocket. I just I just divide it up, you know. And, and people, and I said, man, that's interesting, you know. That's not that kingdom. That is not kingdom. My God doesn't doesn't do that, you know. Uh, and, and you read Old Testament, New Testament doesn't matter. Uh, you just give as your heart has led you to give, but try to get your heart changed so you have a generous heart. You see, that's all you need to do. So how are we going to measure generous giving? Now, obviously, uh, we have to start somewhere, right? And you say, well, I can't tie because I don't have the money to tie. I need all the money I have because I'm up to debt to my eyeballs. Okay? How are you going to get out of debt? Well, God, my God says supply all my need according to you. You better stop it. You, know? you better stop quoting scripture you know, and not doing what God has asked us to do. God wants a generous giver, doesn't he? Well, then you got to start releasing what's in your hand for him to release what is in his hand for you. Let's do it as an act of worship. Let's not do it as an act of obedience. Let's do it as an act of worship. I like worshiping. So why don't we do it as an act of worship? Can you work as an act of worship? Do a good job on your job as an act of worship? Yeah. yeah. You can give as an act of worship. You can, you can, uh, you can love your you mate as an act of worship because it's scripture. Because everything we do should be worshiping God. So let's do that. Now, what, what, how are we going to measure? We're going to do, we're going to move this place which way? To the left. One place. That's 10%, right? Okay. Everything you get. Now, how am I going to know that? I'm not. I have no idea. But I'm just giving you what I believe God's given me. You remember I told you I asked Jared Dayla about some goals, what would he do to three things? You know what his goal was 2007? For his church, everybody to tithe as an act of worship for 2007. That was one of the goals. So I'm not asking you to do something that uh, nobody, else, nobody else is doing. Okay? And believe me, you will see results. I want everyone to commit to giving a monthly pledge based on what you have. A monthly pledge. Now, everybody has already pledged. Not everybody. Most people have already pledged. Most people, most of us in a three-year pledge. But some people uh, weren't even here in the church during that time. Some people were in it in the church and forgot, you know. And and uh, or some people couldn't at one time or something like that. I want everybody to pledge something. Now, pledge not mean I don't I don't want you to vow anything. I don't want you to do that. I just want you to give your word that that you are going to. Give something in that gold envelope, which is, which is a pledge, uh, to our, our building. And the building will be, we'll break ground at some time. We'll go over, you know, take pictures off for, for the paper. We'll, we'll do that sometime when we break ground this month. We'll be doing that. But we're going to have a building. Because how many of you know it's not fun being in somebody else's building? It's not fun, you know? 
Uh, you can't do what you want to. You can't act like you want to act. You know, you can't move things around. So you got to have your own building, you know. And so thank God, God gave us, you know, the opportunity to, to build a building. And so we're going to do it. And we're not going to let God down. We're not going to let, because he could have easily shut it down. Easily shut it down, you know. Because we, we didn't have a lot of money to be, most banks wouldn't give us any money. And all was, was gracious enough to give us some money, but it would have been a, a, you know, a hardship for us. And the one bank that did, at the last minute, said they would do it. Um, I believe it's a, a, just a, it's a blessing from God. So, praise God. The man is off the land, and uh, everything should be okay. He, he wanted to come back on the land and, and remove some bees. He has a beehive, has, has some bees. And I said, oh, yeah, come on back. Move that thing, man. You know, no problem, but no problem. Move those bees, you know. So, you know, we, we should be ready to go, okay? Now, what's the state of our finances? Uh, let me shortly tell you in about three minutes what the state of our finances are uh, for, for, for the past 2008, okay? Um, I can tell you that, uh, that you all are doing a good job. Uh, I think Dave Ramsey says that about 97% of people in evangelical churches do not uh, they, 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 they don't tie. 97%. That only 3%. 3%. And we, you do better than that. I know you do. I know you do. You all are doing a great job. In 2008, we, uh, our finances was 8% better than it was in 2007. And we're measuring apples with apples because we had pledges going on in 2007. Our income was 11% greater in 2008 than it was in 2006 because we were pledging some in 2006 also when we left Park Avenue. So you all are doing good. You're doing good. Okay. Uh, not only do you uh, have... Majority of the people pledge something, but uh, majority of people are keeping their pledge. And it's, it's great. I'm grateful to what God has done in you to let your yes be yes and your no, no. Okay? That, that's spirituality. That's spirituality. That's what I want is, is, is something that will abound, a reward that will, uh, that will abound to your account. And when you keep your word, that's, that's something that's abounding to your account because God love somebody who their yes is yes and their no is no. Not only do you, have you done that, but whenever we have special offerings, you're given to that. Y'all are really, you know, even though it's, it's not like preaching to the, the choir, but I'm going to tell you, y'all are good people. You know? You really are. You, you, you are not stingy as a congregation. You really are not. And I'm really grateful that you're not. And if, if, if we didn't have... Um, a building, a mortgage we're going to have to pay for, you know, we wouldn't need to play it. We wouldn't need to do anything, you know, because we didn't do it over Park Avenue. We didn't need to do anything because we had a building and no problem, you know. And it'll be that time again sometime because we're going to pay it up before the time because I believe that we should. Uh, I don't think we should give the bank all the interest that they want, you know, you see. So y'all are doing really good. Now, Know that 
when I say we had to cut the budget, we had to cut the budget uh, something because we have a need for a mortgage payment come whenever that bill is finished. Okay, it says it takes six months to uh, build and finish the product, but I know that, and you know that it is never they never tell the truth. <laughs> you know because of you know things they don't they can't they they, they can't do anything about the weather and things like that. So we know it might take longer than six months, but it's okay. You know we're gonna be in there approximately somewhere when we're supposed to be in there, and it's gonna be a glorious time. But at that time when we get the keys, we're gonna have a mortgage payment. And we wouldn't be pledging if it weren't for that. Uh, our pledges are bringing in more than this this year, more than what you did last time. You remember the first time we pledged when we were on Park Avenue? Uh, that was a trying experience. And uh, we, had, we had to take a lot of funds from other places to make up for the, the people who didn't keep the pledges. Uh, this, this time when we pledged in April, uh, when we renewed our pledges, most people, matter of fact, the pledge, pledge uh, it added up to about $6,000. Well, uh, we, y'all are doing so good that we're getting about that now, you know, in our pledgeship. And we've had people who are good givers that's no longer with us. They're pledged. But it doesn't matter. God is not worried about who's not there. He's, he's concerned about who's there, you see. And so... Uh, we have people who pledge, who's, who's given pledges, who didn't ever turn in a pledge card. We have people who, who pledge, uh, you know, like, tw- let's say, a hypothetical f- figure, $25. And they're they are giving far abundant above that, you know. And it's just the grace of God. It's just the grace of God. So I just want to give you the state of what the, what the finances are. And we are, we are cutting the budget. And we're cutting everything we can cut, you know, all the fat off. We're cutting it, you know, because we're trying to get it, get so that we are, we have this money that we that we need to get when the mortgage is due. Nobody wants to wants to not pay a mortgage. Is that right? If you if you don't pay your mortgage, you lose your home, right? Okay, we're not losing no church. That's God's church. We're not losing no church. Okay, so that's what we're we're doing. So I want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing, and. Um, as God bless you, then bless him. And if he doesn't prosper you, which I know he will, uh, then get, be generous with what you have. The widow woman was generous with what she had. You know, uh, she had two copper coins and she gave more than the people who had a uh, big time money because she just gave out of her, her need. Everybody else gave out of, out of their excess. She gave out, gave out of her need. And so it doesn't matter what you have. It matters about the generous heart that you have to give something, okay? So, what does God want out of 2009? A generous heart. And he wants the whole family to have a generous heart. Not just mom and dad. He wants the children to have a generous heart. He wants everybody to have a generous heart. And so you can start praying uh, for that. And then as you come into church, if every family had a generous heart, then you're going to be generous when you come into church. You see? And if we have a generous heart as a church, then it's going to uh, spill over to other churches. And that's the way it goes. And then you have the church at Lynchburg was a generous church. And I look forward to times we can get together and, and do things, uh, you know, as a body of Christ, cross the denominational lines and things like that. It would be tremendous. 
You know, there there are people. I, I would love to to uh, to sponsor uh, an orphanage. You know, I would love to do that. There are people who don't have. Do you realize how bad some of the people are in in this world? They are terrible. You know, they don't have. Some of these children don't have nothing. How they on the streets? You know. Uh, begging and doing anything they can to make some make make ends meet, you know, uh, a mouthful of food. I would love to do that. We can't do it as a, a church unless everybody joins together and be what generous. We can do more than what God asks us to do if we will do what He asks us to do, because He's going to multiply our seed song. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for giving us a generous heart, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are the generous one. You gave your only begotten son, only begotten son, that whosoever believe him should not perish but have everlasting life. Father, you are the example of a giver, Lord. You gave everything you had, Lord, for us when we did not deserve it and still don't deserve it. You're still giving to us, Lord. You gave to Israel when they didn't deserve it. They deserve punishment, but you blessed them anyway, Lord. You are a giver. Lord, you supply the needs of everybody, Lord. Jesus Christ did not have not one need while he was on this earth. Not one. You supplied it. Through the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, you supplied whatever he has a need of. And you just do the same thing in our family, Lord. You just do the same thing in our church. We'll see miracles. As we release that which is in our hand, Lord. Because it's only stewardship. It's only that which you've given us, Lord. And you, you want to see, are we good stewards? Are we going to be like you? Are we going to misrepresent you? Father, we want to be like you. Change our hearts, Lord. So that regardless of whether we make $10 a month, whether we make $100 a month, whether we make $1,000 a month, $10,000 a month, it doesn't matter, Lord. Because it's not about the amount of money. It's about our heart. And that's what we want today. A change of heart. Let's stand. There's anybody here that you need salvation. The generous God that we serve is ready to give salvation. At any time that anybody wants it, the angels are ready to rejoice because he's a giver. He doesn't want anybody to die and go to hell. He wants everybody to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. There's anybody here that will say, today I want salvation. I want God to give me a gift of everlasting life. Is anybody here to say? Anybody here today that you say, well, you know, I need to return to the Lord. I need to rededicate myself to the Lord because I have been disobedient to the Lord. I've been in sin. I know I'm in sin. But God, today is a day that I need your forgiveness. Forgiveness is free. God freely gives forgiveness because he's a giver. Is anybody here like that? Just raise your hand. We'll pray for you. Uh, with the worship team, not the worship team, but the altar team, come on, please. Is anybody here today that you say, you know, pray with me. Pray with me. Pray with me altar team because I need that jump start on having a change heart. I need it. I need it. I'm like the pastor was. Stingy. 
and I want to be different. Is anybody here like that? The prayer team is here for you. Next week, we wrap everything up and go to another series because we're going to be acting on what, the, what God says. We're going to act. We got some things. We got five things that He's asked us to do in 2009. And those things are going to help us. As we do, He does. I just want to encourage anyone, if you do need prayer, please make, make sure you take advantage of that before you leave today. Even after we dismiss, the prayer team will stay up here for a moment so you can certainly still get some prayer. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine down upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord that His countenance upon you give you peace. Go in peace.